0: Welcome to Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast. Hey, it's JD here, back for another week. We're celebrating Boxing Day here in Canada, and uh, I believe in the UK. It's uh, it's the day after Christmas, and um, as such, I'm feeling a little uh, overly festive, I suppose. Uh, over festivized something to that ilk it's um boxing day if you're scratching your head saying what the hell is it it's a it's a way to make a two-day holiday out of one day but i believe it um it the etymology if that's the word you would use is uh essentially that um delivery people of of That, you know, people in that field of work were expected to receive a gift, a box, a gift box on the day after Christmas, you know, comprised of leftover Christmas goodies and that kind of thing. So there's that. What are we doing here? We are listening to rifling through shuffling through the catalog of seminal Indie Rock Band Pavement with the intention of hitting a bullseye or two and potentially one day allowing me to meet the namesake of this podcast, Stephen Malcolmus. So there's that. I got a letter and I want to share it with you. The letter writer has asked to remain anonymous, but it's a good story, and I think uh, I would be remiss if I didn't share it, so I will pick it up after the introduction. In 1992, when Slanted and Enchanted came out, I was 16, shortly before I I went into my last year of school. I didn't pick up on it immediately, but I know that I owned it before the end of the year when it was featured heavily in DJ John Peel's annual Festive 50. Just over a year later, a friend and I were leaving home in Aberdeen to go to university in the comparatively big smoke of Glasgow, where we planned to start a band and revolutionize music forever, much like Scottish Malcolmists in Canberg, and perhaps even earn a degree. By the early summer of 95, our band had already passed its peak and exhausted our potential, having played our only gig in November. Our group obsession with Pavement never waned, though. By now, the four members of the band all shared a flat we had named Range Life, even getting a nameplate made for the door. Pavement were on their Wowie Zowie tour and were playing the Barrel supported by Mercury Rav and -and up-and-coming local heroes, the Delgados. What a great lineup. Obviously, we all had tickets, but we wanted more. We wanted to meet the band, hopefully hang out with them a bit and ensure that they played range life in their set. We all headed over earlier in the day to hang around the back of the venue to see if we could catch them coming or going. Once there we discovered that we could get in through the loading area without being questioned and lo and behold pavement were in the middle of their sound check. We sat down at the side of the stage to watch and rolled a couple of joints. Our plan was now to catch them as they left the stage and ask if they fancied a smoke. One by one, they left the stage, and our chosen representative asked if they wanted to smoke. Each declined, and were asked if they could play Range Life later. Second to the last to leave the stage, by my recollection, was Mark Hybold. Our, spoke, our spokesman intercepted him and asked the same question. No, he didn't want to smoke with us, but Steve, now alone on stage, surely would, he told us. We watched and waited as Malcolm had finished up and left the stage, and then... We lost all our nerve and watched as he walked right past us and toward the dressing room. That night, we waited for Range Life, but they never played it. Then, at the end of their encore, Steve said, This one's for the smokers, and launched into Unfair. Surely this was recognition of us and our earlier almost encounter. We were delighted. We got a hold of the copy of the set list from the stage, and it did have Range Life on it, but they must have had to drop it due to some technical difficulties they had during the set. I had to wait and see pardon me, I had to wait and see them another two times before I heard it live toward the end of their set, back in the Barrowlands on their reunion tour. Many years later, we are still pavement obsessives, and it was still the same school friend from Aberdeen who introduced me to your podcast when we went to see Malcolmus recently on his groove denied tour. Keep up the good work. I'm really enjoying the show. Regarding the Spin article, where Malcolmus details each of the songs, I seem to remember the same article being in New Music Music, uh, Express in advance of Crooked Rain's release, and I'm wondering if that was their original publication and Spin got to reprint it. The reference to the English North-South divide in his bit about Unfair makes me think it was maybe written for the UK publication looking forward to hearing your thoughts on so stark and Greenlander in the bonus content. Thank you so much for writing. And, uh, you know what, now that you mention it, it might be an Emmy. I'm pulling it out of the perfect sound forever book. And it's not attributed in that book. So. That must be the case. As far as your story goes, man, if only you had had the, uh, the fortitude, I suppose to stay, it makes me wonder if you would have met Steve, but that, uh, call out was super cool. Um, that would be a lot of fun to have been there and been thinking what you were thinking or listening to what you were thinking. Now, for me, the first time I heard Range Life live was when I saw the band the only time I saw them live. And that was in Central Park in New York City in 2010, September 2010 on the summer stage. And I thought I'd like to play you that cut right now. I found it online and ripped it to MP3 and um, I'm going to share it with you now. This is Range Life on Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast. The talking slow.
1: One thing forget: The way I'm living, right or wrong, it's all that I could do. I wouldn't want to let you be. So I wanna wait and start again. If I could settle down, if I could settle down, then I would settle down. i mm-hmm.
0: life a playful country song it seems pretty self-explanatory it's written from the perspective of someone who just doesn't get smashing pumpkins or wherever they came from just as they don't understand the market forces that brought them into the forefront of consumerism but i appreciate it's a weird thing to do to mention other bands in a song One reason for doing that was because we spend more time talking about records than making them. And I knew that journalists would jump on that song. I wanted to see how the media process works in a situation like this. They're going to want to ask why we dissed Smashing Pumpkins instead of talking about how the lyric in heaven is a truck is really beautiful. Another reason was because I've always wanted to fight Billy Corgan. Just kidding. The song is also like a burn on pavement, showing us to be little, petty, indie rockers trying to keep bands off our turf. It's not designed to upset anyone. It's fairly playful, I hope. That's from Perfect Sound Forever and apparently NME. Stephen Malcolm is explaining range life. Now as I understand it, the demo version of the song didn't have the riff on it. Um but as Steven is wont to do when the time came to record, he sort of off the cuff came up with this verse and sang it, you know, as they were creating the song. And spiral talks in the book about how much it made them laugh. Um, they just thought it was funny and they didn't really think about repercussions, but of course there would be repercussions. They were scheduled to play the 1994 Lollapalooza tour. And rumor has it that Billy Corgan threatened to not play uh, the Smashing Pumpkins were also on, on Lola Palooza in 94 and rumor has it that Corgan threatened not to play any of the dates that pavement was, was on. And so Lola had a decision to make and they made the wrong one. Um, you know, I think in hindsight now pavement did end up playing 95 Lola but by that point Lola was a thing of like it had flamed out already um I mean it still did relatively well as far as tours go but it had really um it didn't it didn't have the impact that you know the earlier editions did where it brought bands to the forefront and established them and I, it makes me wonder, scratch my head and and wonder had pavement played in 94, you know, would I have, would it, would they have reached me much sooner? You know, me being somebody who was on the outside of this music and uh, I didn't, it didn't reach me. It didn't get to me because You know, I wasn't, uh, I was higher up on the marketing curve. I suppose I wasn't an early adopter. I wasn't a tastemaker, a cool kid. I smelled, I sweat too much. I had to buy pants much larger than I wanted to. That's me beating myself up. That's my negative self-talk. So there's that. Now, to me, this song is, again, a trip to nostalgia. I think about a house that I lived in with a couple of roommates where we smoked a lot of pot, played a lot of music, a lot of guitars out on our patio, wrote a lot of songs. You know, every session, we had written a new hit song. (laughs) And uh, this is uh, fall of 99, leading into 2000 and I would just walk around with my mini disc player and I had cut, um, you know, sort of a best of pavement from my CDs and, uh, range life was on it and it made me think about the future. It made me think about, you know, settling down and what that was going to look like. And so listening to it now, it's interesting to compare and contrast what I thought the future was going to be and what the future actually is, which is now my present. You didn't think we were going to get into temporal things on this podcast, but here we are talking about the time curtain and how flexible it is. can be bent at, at a whim. So there's that. I really think... That it's tremendous as a live song, as you heard, you know, our email reader, our email writer rather suggest, you know, how badly he or she wanted to hear the song and uh, hear it live and what it means to hear it live, what it meant to hear it live for me, um, and earlier on, on an episode, there's a writer who writes about how nostalgic they get hearing it as well. You know, the sing-along, school's out, what did you expect? And how spectacular that is to sort of call and respond with the band. And you hear it on that live cut, that live version that I played you uh, from Summerstock, summer stage rather. So it's um it's it's a fucking fantastic live song and we're, you know, sort of um better off for getting the chance to hear it live, and I'm so glad that this band is going back on the road next year so we can hear this song live again. Is it is it strange that I like the live version so much better? better I think it's kind of strange that's not to say I don't like the studio version because that's the one that I walked around with you know and and just thought about how great the lyric out on my skateboard the night is just humming and the gum smacks are the pulse I'll follow if my Walkman fades but I've got absolutely no one no one but myself to blame fuck me Let's listen to the studio version. It's got a great production value. Uh, it's, it's a great song. Just bottom line. This is Range Life. On, and I don't know why I just pronounced it that way, but I did. Range Life on Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast. <laughs>
1: The glow, the scene, the stage, the set The talk becomes slow But there's one thing I'll never forget Hey, you gotta pay your dues Before you pay the rent Over the turnstiles and out in the traffic There's ways of living It's the way I'm living Right or wrong it's all that I can not
0: Jamming it out at the end. Yeah, that's a real good. Maybe that's why I like it live so much, right? Like just getting to see them on stage, just playing the outro of that song. So good. Um, Yeah, I love it. It's another great, great song. And after five minus four equals unity, it's a, a nice place to go, you know, close your eyes and sort of, there's a story going on in the song for sure. Um, like there's something happening that I don't have a line on. If you've got a line on it, send me an email. JD at meeting You know, there's drug references and there's crime references and, you know, there's youth references. And, um, you know, perhaps if I, if I take a stab, you know, it's a, a young criminal. You know, doing something minor, like jumping over the turnstiles at one point, And then, you know, progressing on in their life of crime. And uh, maybe they should just settle down instead of drifting. I don't know. I love the jangliness of it. it makes me want to play guitar. It, uh, it's got a great groove. There's a real good groove going on in that song. And then just the, you know, playful piano and sound at the end. How fun is that? So good. Yeah. This is a good record. This is a really, really good record. I'm enjoying it. Hope you are too. And um, we'll be back next week with some uh, Heaven is a Truck. That's where we're going next. So... Give me your heaven is a truck stories and uh, we'll get on the road. All right. Thanks so much. Get the bonus content if you haven't already. Talk to you soon. Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, is a weekly affair. Connect with meetingmalchemist.com. Please support the pod by rating, reviewing, or sponsoring us at meetingmalchemist.com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Meeting Malchemist.